When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Dough Fantasy Baseball Show. We're talking pitchers, relief pitchers, starting pitcher rankings, and the latest in Major League Baseball news. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Dough Fantasy Baseball Show. Play ball! Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show presented by Righteous Felon Jerky, Seat Geek, and of course, BellyUpFantasySports.com. I'm your host, Vince Stover, and I am joined this week, as I am every week, by the senior fantasy writer from BellyUpFantasySports.com, the one and only Kevin Wilson. Hey, Kev, how you doing? We're doing good, and uh, we, you know, we talked a little bit pregame as the that uh, it's a little frosty here, not quite as frosty as you, but uh, <laughs> but we're survived. We survived this week. We had snow here, and uh, so we lived through that. And uh, but we're we're back to being frosty again. So uh, we're making the best of it and uh, doing what we can. Well, I'm sipping on my uh, hot cocoa in my Milwaukee Brewers mug. It's officially baseball season in the Stover House. The Green Bay Packers eliminated last night from the NFL playoffs. So we are we are officially baseball bound in this house. Okay, not quite as happy as it was last week. No, no. Content, but not happy, I would say, at the very least. But I'm excited about today's show. We do want to remind people, though, uh, about our sponsors, Righteous Felon Jerky. Uh, you can go to RighteousFelon.com. Use the code STOVE15 at checkout. You're going to get 15% off your order. Um, I just ordered some, and it's in in route to my home. Currently, it's in Indiana, according to the tracking. Um, so it should be here to Kentucky, hopefully Monday or Tuesday. Uh, so, so some of that coming in. Uh, also, SeatGeek, um, if you're going to go buy tickets anywhere, you need to go check out SeatGeek.com. There's a code there, Belly Up Sports. You're going to get $20 off your first purchase there at SeatGeek. And then BellyUpFantasySports.com. Your one-stop shop for all things fantasy, and where you'll find all of Kevin Wilson's articles at bellyupfantasysports.com. Well, yeah, let's I get into the show. I used uh, uh, SeatGeek, Vince, so yeah. I can tell you that it, it, it's it's solid. So just make sure you use the Belly Up Sports, and it's all capitalized, I believe, is the uh, correct way to get your discount. So just yeah, so you know. yeah, and I think I think at the end of the day, you can put it in however you want as long as you got the words in. But the capitalization okay. is the way it's listed in many places. Um, either way, uh, make sure either you get way, the code in. It's a solid thing. If you're looking for any kind of tickets, go there for. See, Geek will take care of you. All right, let's kick off segment number one of today. We like to call our Fantasy Burner. And our Fantasy Burner segment is presented by Sea Geek. We were just talking about them. Uh, so, like I said, if you're going to go get go to a concert, go to a ball game, 
Uh, maybe you're starting to look into some basketball tickets or some other things going on around you. Well, you go to SeatGeek.com, type in that code BellyUpSports at checkout. Get $20 off your first purchase uh, there on the website. Uh, for our Fantasy Burner segment today, Kev, we wanted to talk relief pitchers. We're going to be ranking starting pitchers later in the program. Uh, but I wanted to kind of touch base on drafting strategies. Um, you and I had take a little bit different approaches sometimes on these yeah. relievers. And uh, so I thought it would be a good conversation to have. Uh, going into this year, you've got your your mainstays there, Devin Williams, Emmanuel Classe, uh, Josh Hader, Edwin Diaz coming back from injury, David Bernard. they got some different guys there. Um, but, you know, I'm very much an anti-drafting saves guy. For me, they always go too high. It's not worth that that part of the draft for me. So I like to wait, grab some later in the draft, a couple guys that could get some saves, and then just hit the waiver wires heavy as the season gets going um, to try to find some saves on the waiver wire. Um, I don't know. What's your strategy when it comes to relief pitchers? Well, I uh, I take a pretty wide uh, berth, if you will, when it comes to relief pitchers, closers, whatever in general. I'd much rather have starters on my team because yeah. you know when they're going to go. You can expect, you can plan on that. And then, and because I have tried that, I remember a couple of years ago, I took Josh Hader and you said immediately, I wouldn't have taken him there. And uh, you turned out to be correct. <laughs> and so I think a lot of guys will take the top of the line closers a little earlier than they probably should. And uh, so, I may have one when I come out of my draft. I might have one, two at the most on my fantasy team. And then, like you, I might, depending on the matchups and whatnot during the season, do that and, and rotate guys in, rotate guys out. Cause, you know, I'm a rotate in, a rotate out anyway. Yeah. So if you're, if you're a relief pitcher guy, then. You know, don't be looking for me for strategy on that because I'm, I'm I don't have a lot of them on my team to begin with. Now I've been burned by the trade deadline um, where I got a guy who's closing, he's getting saves, but then he gets traded to a team that already has a closer, and he ends up being the setup guy for the stretch run. What ends up being the fantasy baseball playoffs and uh, loses value at that point as well. So to me, I got to look at which team they're on to. I gotta I don't I don't want a closer that's on a losing team. Because the right. save opportunities are few and far between. So David Bednar, for instance, he's right. ranked number nine on Fantasy Pros. His ADP is 79. Yeah, he's number I, seven on ESPN. That's way too high to me. He's undraftable for me, Kevin. I'm not going to draft the, the Pirates' closing pitcher. <laughs> like, to me, no matter how good he is, right. he might it's come limited in opportunity. Yeah. And then when, you know, the problem with that is, the real problem, as a guy doesn't pitch very often, he might come in when it's six to one or eight to two or something like that. And that's when relief pitchers get blowed up. Yeah. Because there's no drama. There's no, you know, closers want that adrenaline that, uh, you know, it's a one run game. You give it maybe a guy on base, whatever. And if it's eight to one, you're not going to get that. And so that is a real issue. I think Bedar, as you mentioned, is a real guy that's. He won't he won't be on my fantasy team at all. And uh he's a guy that you could look at, maybe get traded, and then he may have some value right on another team. But by the time all that happens, he's already on somebody else's team. So yeah. 
Um, who who would you say is that top top grouping of relievers this year that if they're if they fall to the right spot, you say, man, I'm going to grab that guy because he's one of the top guys. Well, until Friday, I had your guy, Mr. Williams, at the top of that list. He's a guy that he comes in, he strikes out people all over the place, and he's yeah. got that ability. But uh, since Josh Hader, as I just mentioned a little bit, and we'll talk about him in our next round too, but uh, he just signed with the Houston Astros, which massively upgrades him to me. Going to the Astros and Ryan Presley gets pushed down. So I have no in- I had him last year, and yeah. he didn't have a great season. And so, but he's a good, he'll be a good, their bullpen will be pretty backloaded. They'll have a lead and be able to protect it. So, I'm going to put Hader at my number one spot just simply because he's pitching for the Astros. They're a winning organization. They're going to be in the lead a lot. And so he's going to get plenty of opportunities to nail down saves for them. Yeah, I still have Williams at the top. Now, I know I'm a Brewers fan. I feel like I do a pretty decent job of not being super biased. Or when I am being biased, I make it clear that I'm being biased at the same time. I'm curious to see with Houston having two really solid back end guys. I'm curious if maybe they go a little matchup oriented and maybe you see Hader pitch some eight innings, eighth innings, while you see Presley get get some closing opportunities. Um, you wouldn't think that'd be the case, but the way Hader's pitched the last couple of years, um, there's the potential that he doesn't hold that position tightly. Um, so that worries me a little bit. I still have Hader in the top grouping. But I'm not sure that I've got him at one at this point. Um, I kind of, for me, and it'll be after the drafts, but I'm more of a wait and see on Hater. He's got the talent. There's no doubt about that. But, I mean, he wanted the big contract. He got the big contract. And sometimes guys fall off when they get paid. I, I was really surprised that he got the contract from Houston, given yeah. what they had there already. And, and you make a really good point right here because Hater is a left-handed pitcher. Mm-hmm. Ryan Presley is a right-handed pitcher, so maybe if a lineup has more right-handers in it, he might get the call. Yeah. So that's something to keep an eye out for. That you know, while we're talking about this, just came to my mind that uh, you might be right. Matchups may dictate who Houston uses in their closer spot, but uh, I still think Hater is going to get. It. They didn't give him all that money for him not to to, right. to get. You know. <laughs> He's going to be their guy. Yeah. And like I said, Presley, disappointed. He still had – he was okay. But uh, as I always say, okay is not the bar. <laughs> it never is in just about anything. It's not fantasy baseball either. So, um, so the other guys, plus A, as you mentioned, I got him. Uh, Duvall from San Francisco is a guy that people overlook, but he had 40 saves last year. And um, Edwin Diaz is the interesting guy to look at because he missed all of last year. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. So he's a guy that you, if you're even thinking about drafting him, you better pay attention to the spring training, see how that goes. And, uh, but I expect that he's going to be back to what he was because he's had a whole year off. Yeah. So I put a question mark next to his name. Um, And again, I, I, I am a little bit, less likely to take a risk at this position. Um, so 
it's highly unlikely I end up with Edwin Diaz on any of my fantasy baseball teams just because, uh, to me, it's not worth the risk. If he's not back into form and I draft him and say, the sixth or seventh round, which is where he's going right now, I would say, you know, man, I just I probably could have gotten better value somewhere else, especially if he's not back to form. Now, if he comes back and he's, he is what he was, but how many win or how many save opportunities are the Mets going to have this year? That's a conversation we'll have on another day, but um, that one scares me a little bit. So I'd be shocked if it, I end up with Diaz. You know, if, if you're going for saves, it makes sense to go get Diaz. He was the best in the league um, before he got hurt. So, I mean, it makes sense to go for him. My just, I'm so anti drafting saves in the top half of the draft that I'm probably not going to, I would be shocked if I end up with Edwin Diaz on any of my teams this year, but it'll be fun to see if he is back. He's, he's, I mean, he's energetic. Um, he brings a lot of electricity to the field when he comes in. You mentioned Duvall from San Francisco. I got him a little lower than most people, not drastically. I think I have him at six or in that okay. range, six or seven. He's going to be decent again. He'll he'll provide things. But I like the two guys, Yoan uh, Duran from Minnesota. And then I also like Jordan Romano from Toronto. I feel like those guys have opportunities um, to get a fair amount of saves. So I look at those guys. But here's what I'm surprised about, Kevin. Uh, Paul Seawald from Arizona, he uh -huh. drops way down the list. He's number 11 on Fantasy Pros, and I think he's lower than that on ESPN, if I remember right. Yeah, that one pulled up. Yeah, he's 16th. Yeah, that blows my mind. Yeah, and he's pitching for the National League champions, of course. And yeah. there's every opportunity for Arizona, because remember, they only won 84 games right. last year. There's every opportunity that they're going to be much better this year. So I, I see a lot better chances for him. And when he's come in, he's dominated. So if you're looking for a pitcher that you can maybe take a little bit later, yeah, here's the guy that you most certainly want to take a look at. Uh, I think there's value here, real value, because he's going after Kenley Jansen, who I yeah. have absolutely nothing to do with. <laughs> whatsoever i know he's a former dodger and everything else but uh he's he hasn't been dominating and so if i was to have to pick if you put a gun in my hand and said hey pick one of these dudes hanley jansen's not coming down and uh seawald would so yeah there's a yeah guy he's going right after uh helsley and st louis as well in the adp yeah. at the very least it's a wild spot and then evan phillips is the other guy the dodgers closer now there was talks about them getting possibly um, Hater, so maybe that's why his ADP is so low right now. Maybe now that Hater's off the board, uh, his ADP will start going up. People might have been afraid yeah. to draft him, but he's pretty low too, and I'm surprised by that, being that the Dodgers should be a really good team again this year. Right, and they've got him ranked after Al Alzole. I mm -hmm. got that correct from the Cubs, and uh, that that's that's way too low to me. So there's two guys right there you might want to take a look at that you could take a little bit later in the draft and still come away with saves. Yeah. So uh, you got, I think I feel like the same thing. Don't yeah. be taking these dudes way high up in the draft because you can get, get value much later. Yeah. And listen, I'm a huge Brewers fan. I love Devin Williams. Oh, yeah. I'm not to say that I wouldn't draft him if he's there, you know, in the late third round, early fourth round, what I get him just because I like him, Maybe. Uh, but 
usually when it comes to saves, I did this when Hader was with the with the Brewers, and you were talking about this earlier. You drafted him, and I'm like, listen, he's a great closer. I just it's for me, I just can't take a closer at that point in the draft. Like I have to wait later when you can get these guys. Baltimore, um, I think they're going to have. I'm not sure they've settled on who their closer is going to be. Whether it's um, Yanir, um, oh, I forgot his last name, uh, but they also signed uh, Craig Kimbrell. So, I mean, they got some, I think, competition at that closing spot this year, too. Yeah. yeah. If you want to take Kimbrell, you go ahead and do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not touching him. Yeah, Yanir Cano is the guy I was thinking of. Um, okay. And right now, he's being drafted lower than Kimbrell is. And, but again, I think there's guys available later in the draft that you can get. And, uh, and, and I'm a big fan of just drafting one guy to get saves later in the draft and then hitting the, the waiver wire as hard as you can as soon as teams start playing well and guys steal that role. Or you get a guy who gets injured three weeks into the season and you go snag that setup guy that now becomes the closer and all of a sudden you're sitting pretty and you didn't have to waste draft capital on a, on a guy that, that didn't, didn't last very long. So um, what's the earliest you would take uh, a closer – and ADP right now, Devin Williams is 39 um, overall. And then next is 42, 43. And then it jumps off until the 60s after that. What's the earliest you feel comfortable with taking a closer? Well, you know, we talked because I did, I think Hater, what was it? I did that in the fifth round. I think it was. It may have been fourth or ago. fifth. Yeah. Fourth or fifth. Yeah. So, you know, that that's a mistake. I won't do that again. And so I'm looking maybe seventh round, eighth round, somewhere in there. And uh, so all the guys that uh, the top guys will be gone by then. But yeah. I still think that there'll be a guy that some of the dudes we just talked about that will be there who will get you 30 saves, 32 saves, whatever, and yeah. will be much more valuable. And I'll take a starting pitcher back in the fifth round or fourth round right and uh because there'll be some solid we're going to talk about that a little bit later some solid starters will be available in that point of the draft that i would much rather have than a closer yeah i'm i'm honestly probably waiting until about the 12th round before i even start sniffing at closers i need i need three solid starting pitchers and i'm going to need to get a bunch of offense in there before i start getting the saves um because it's just not as I mean, there are points. We we play in a points league. I play in a categories league as well. I mean, you you get things for them, but at the end of the day, you're gonna get more points traditionally out of your starting pitchers than you are right. your closers. Right. And it, I'm just not gonna waste my time on them. Right. And, and the thing that that scares me off about relief pitchers or closers is if they come in and get blowed up, you lose points. You, I've had it where a pitcher came in. And it was negative 12. Yeah. And it's hard to recover from negative 12 during, because each week in our league, each week is a scoring. And so yeah. now you're behind because you got to make up 12 negative points somewhere along the way. Yep. And, um, and a starter, of course, is going to get, if he gets two runs in the first, he's still got to the second, third, fourth, fifth inning to generate some positive points. Yep. But, uh, like I said, like Badar is this guy that would really scare me because he'll come in, like I said, and get blowed up. He'll give up three runs and get one out. And it it just your ratios are ruined after that. Yeah. I agree. All right. That's segment number one, Fantasy Burner, presented by SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com. Use that promo code BellyUpSports 
they get $20 off your first purchase. Let's head into segment two, our call to the bullpen. All right, we're going to talk some Major League Baseball news next week. The plan is to have the first guest on of the season, uh, Eric Katz from BellyUpSports.com, baseball writer, uh, should be with us next week. But uh, this week, it's just me and me, Kev. And let's okay. start with the Josh Hader signing. We've talked a little bit okay. about it already. He was patient. He waited. We knew he would because of his agent. Um, and uh, he got some money and goes to a AL leading team in the Houston Astros, a good landing spot for Hader. And a uh, pretty good get for the Astros, right? I, I I was surprised that this happened. But when thinking about it, it makes all the sense because now Houston, they've got pretty much a seven-inning game. Yeah, you're right. Right? And yeah. so because you're going to have two of the best pitchers coming in in the eighth and ninth inning. And so uh, – and their starters are pretty good. They They go six innings or so most of the time. So – I think this really shortens the game for them. And uh, I think I like it. I like it a lot as far as the signing goes. I don't know if I like him, you know, going to the Astros too much. But uh, <laughs> but but beyond that, I like the signing. I think it makes sense for them, for both of them. And uh, they signed him for five years, which to me is insanity. I'm not giving a relief pitcher five years because he might be done after three. So yeah. Other than that, I think that they're both going to benefit well from this. At least this year, they will. Yeah, I think it. I think it works out well for both teams. I think Hater. Listen, I really like Josh Hader. Um, I'm still a fan of his from his time in Milwaukee. I. He got traded at the right time. Um, he, he did. <laughs> they did a, they did a good trades at the yeah. very right time. Milwaukee did just that. And the was, problem you know, is he was traded. He was in the midst of a family situation, and, and yeah. his mind wasn't where it should have been. And so all that that happened is all water under, water under the bridge or wherever it goes. And so, uh, so that worked out well for the Brewers. Well, the problem was they didn't get pieces back that actually helped them. So they, they got rid of Hater at the right time. They just didn't get anything back that actually ended up being that useful for them. Uh, but I think the Astros are a good fit for them. Uh, it's a good team. He'll be able to pitch there. He'll pitch well, I'm sure. I, I don't know that he'll be back to his peak performance, but I think he'll be good, really good there as well. Um, kind of a sentimental news story. Uh, Baker going home to, to San Francisco as a special advisor. Um, he got his World Series. He's, he's uh, you know, he's well-respected across the league. Dusty Baker, who we're talking about. And right. uh, he spent a lot of time in San Francisco. Now he goes back as a special advisor these I like these kind of stories, Kevin. I like when people go back to where they're most well known. Um, at least he was in his manager managerial time, and uh, and I just I think it's neat a neat story, and I'm happy for him. Happy for Giants. My dad was pretty excited about it being a Giants fan too. So I know you hate the Giants with everything yeah. in your yeah, body. Yeah, I have but... to overlook that when it comes to your dad because <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I was telling I was telling my uh, my wife that I'd rather stick my head in the oven than praise anything about the Giants or the 49ers for that fact. But uh but Dusty and the Giants do go together like, you know, bread and butter. So what well, I'm not sure what a senior advisor does. But <laughs> he whatever gets paid that a lot is, of money, that's what he does. That's right. So 
that's that's a fit that works extremely well all the way around. Uh, not a lot of other signings other than Hater, and maybe no, with the no. Hater signing, things will will open up a little bit. Uh, Blake Snell still sitting out there without a job. Are you surprised by that? I'm a little, but given that what he turned down from the Yankees, yeah, was which was a good chunk of change. That uh, if that's not good enough, I don't know what team he thinks is going to give him that. And so uh, he might have to adjust that a little bit or, you know, get some other teams somehow involved. There needs to be a bidding war going on for him, and it's not happening so far. And uh, But he's the kind of pitcher that uh, as the spring training comes closer, people are going to say, hey, he's, you know, he's the two-time, or two-time Cy Young winner. So he he will be in demand somewhere along the way, but uh, he's gonna that price is gonna have to adjust at least at the outset. Uh, yeah, I mean he only has it was reported yesterday. It's the only offer he's received. That's right, um, the one from the Yankees. Now maybe he's gonna sign like a one year deal. Uh, you know, one of these one year twenty million dollars or. $40 million or who knows what, but a one-year deal to go pitch somewhere next year and then try again the following year. Um, you know, Stroman signed with the Yankees, so they got a pitcher. Which, right, which I'm not jumping up and down about Marcus Stroman. So. <laughs> right, but Snell, uh, I don't think Montgomery – I haven't seen where Montgomery no, signed. Montgomery has not signed at all, and so that's really surprising. Yeah. When you talk about a guy, he's a good team fit, and so uh, – Everything that I've seen on him, he's coming back to the Rangers. Okay. They just got to, you know, smooth out some taxes and whatnot else. But uh, I fully expect that he'll come back to the Rangers, and, and that, that'll be a big for them if they do that. Yeah. Uh, Cody Bellinger, the other big-name <laughs> free agent that hasn't signed anywhere yet. Right. It just seems yeah. like the Cubs is where he's going to end back up at. Yeah, that's that's what I think too. I just like to know what exactly he's asking for, because if he's asking for what his last season last year would say that he should get, people are going to be pretty well. Wait a second, because <laughs> the first two, you know, last two years before that, you disappeared from the face of the earth. Yeah, completely, and you know, irrevocably. So people are not going to be. Maybe he's a guy that needs to sign a one-year deal and do it one more time, and then he might be able to cash in. And uh, the Cubs are the only team I see that's willing to, to deal with him. Well, Bellinger's agent is well-known for waiting as long as possible to sign somewhere. Um, so with, uh, what are we, like 30-some days away from reporting, so, I think? Yeah. So give it another 20 days or so, and then Bellinger will re-sign with the Cubs. And uh, unless maybe, you know, San Francisco – is a team to watch here. Um, they've been trying to sign big name free agents for a while and had a hard time doing it. Maybe they sweep in with an offer um, that that's enough to get Bellinger to move somewhere else. But uh, the Cubs seem to be the likely landing place for him as well. Um, but we'll see. I mean, Snell's the only guy in my rankings. We'll talk about this in a moment um, that isn't currently on a team um, in my, in my starting pitchers rankings, Montgomery, of course, is good. He's just not, he didn't really make my list of guys to talk about today. Um, I don't know. It's just not, it's been more trades than free agency this year. Uh, Shohei was the big free agent, of course, but other than that, it's been mainly the trades, uh, Juan Soto and things like that. So 
it's been kind of a boring offseason outside of the showway stuff. Yeah, since we got past December. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, the Cardinals, as we talked about last week, striking right out of the gate. And uh, so you thought, well, maybe things will heat up, but they have not. And so uh, we'll see. I'm sure guys will be signing and we'll have all kinds of things to talk about in future episodes. But right now, the, the well is pretty dry. I agree. All right, so not a whole lot happening this week, so that's going to be it for our, uh, what's the segment called again? (laughs) (laughs) Call to the pin. There it is. Uh, Presented by RighteousFelon.com. Awesome music that goes along with it. Yes. Yeah, so uh, it's time to join the flavor revolution. You can do it at RighteousFelon.com. Use the code STOVE15. That's S-T-O-V-E-1-5. You're going to get 15% off your purchase. And I will say this. I am a legit customer. Um, they did send me some free jerky back um, when I started the local hour season up back in September, August, somewhere in that range, um, which I greatly appreciated. But I have purchased more jerky than they've given me. And uh, I'm a huge fan of Righteous Felon Jerky. I love their flavors. I, the tenderness of the jerky, I promise you, it's unlike anything you've had before. The packaging and marketing is incredible, by the way. Um, but the flavor is great. The texture is awesome. You will not regret it. Go try the bootleg and barbecue. It's my favorite flavor out there. They've got um, Soul Survivor, which is a teriyaki, uh, Korean Korean teriyaki or Korean barbecue, excuse me, which is really good. Um, they've got a Fowl Capone. It's a turkey jerky. Very, very good. Um, they got all kinds of what stuff. Bourbon name. Franklin, sweet. I mean, I'm telling you, they got it all. So go try it. RighteousFelon.com. Stove 15 at checkout. Get you 15% every single order that you make. You won't regret it at all. Let's get into our player rankings. We're finally getting there. That's our fantasy focus segment. All right. Fantasy focus is presented by bellyupfantasysports.com. Your one-stop shop for all things fantasy. Right now, there's stuff up. uh, Actually, some football stuff still there um, with uh, some, some betting things and things like that. Also, basketball, hockey, and, of course, fantasy baseball articles up on bellyupfantasysports.com. And like I said earlier, you get all of Kevin's articles there on bellyupfantasysports.com. And we greatly appreciate the support of Belly Up Media and the Belly Up Fantasy Sports uh, folks as well for this program. So we're finally getting to player rankings. And that's the whole reason we do this show before the season starts, <laughs> is to talk right. about player rankings. And, and we've right. made it to that point. Uh, we're going to start with starting pitchers, Kevin. And this year, as opposed to going one through 10 like we've done in the past, we're going to do more tiers this year and kind of talk about different tiers of players. And uh, it'll allow us to talk about a few more players as well as um, kind of, I think, better point out where we're drafting guys. Because when you're ranking just a position, it doesn't really help you to know where you're drafting guys. So I think tiers will help with that. And then we'll also, after we do our tiers, we'll look at best value. You could call it a sleeper if you wanted to sometimes, depending on who it is. Worst value or bust. And then um, I've got also a mid or late, late tier value guy as well. So we'll jump into all that. But let's start at the top of the pitching tier. Um, and I've got three guys in my tier one, which for me is guys that I'm willing to take in the first or top of the second round. Um, and I think we got to start with Spencer Strider, right? We do. We absolutely do. I, uh, I have two guys, which I call the elite of the elites. Okay. Okay. So I have, and I agree with you, not a lot of people are so far agreeing that Spencer Strider is the top 
fantasy starting pitcher. I think he is. A lot of people are taking Garrett Cole, which I have also in that top two ranking. And um, you could take him and, and, and be happy with that as well. But uh, Strider, he's going into his third year. And uh, you talk about a guy who he's got strikeout potential that's higher than any other starter. And uh, I think he's going to put it all together this year. He's the only 20-game winner in the, in, in the major leagues last year. His ERA is a little high, but uh, it was 267 the year before. So, and we saw the same thing happen. Josh, or not, um, Garrett Cole's ERA was 3.50 when he was trying to figure out how to throw a ball that didn't have tack on it or whatever. <laughs> but it, then it went down to 2.63. So, yeah. I think Strider can have the same kind of thing. His ERA is going to come down. I like it. He's only 25. He's a guy, especially in point leagues like we are, he'll give you the strikeouts that no one else will. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think Strider is clearly the number one pitcher. Um, I don't think there's any question about it. The I team is good, so they're going to score runs. They're going to give them support. Um, the back of the end of the bullpen is good, so they're not going to blow a whole lot of games for him. Um, I think he's the safest pick because he is young. Um, I, I, right. I don't see why you wouldn't take him as the first pitcher overall. I've got Garrett Cole there as well. I mean, as much you can hate on Garrett Cole all you want to in fantasy levels. Which I, don't. I mean, yeah, he's he's the guy. I mean, he's he's there every single year. He has been before he came to New York. He has been since he came to New York. And so he is still there. And I, I got Burns there. And here's the reason why. First of all, Burns is a phenomenal pitcher. Secondly, Burns is out to prove some things this year. Contract coming up. He's probably his last year in Milwaukee. Um, so he's starting to look for another team. And he's going to want to make sure that he puts his best foot forward uh, this season. I expect him to be focused, um, dialed in. And I'm telling you, when Burns is dialed in, um, he's he is one of the top pitchers in the league. And so I still have him in that top tier. I do have him as the third guy in that tier for what it's worth. I think it goes Strider, Cole Burns. Um, the ADP matches up with that, but there have been more people taking Burns ahead of Cole than people taking um, Cole ahead of Strider for, for what it's worth as well. Um, so Burns has had he, he kind of has he goes up and down different places. Um, but I've got them. I've got them all three there. Strider's probably the only first round pitcher for me um, in a 10 man league and a 12 man league. Then I would extend Cole to the first round and I'd put Burns in the second round um, there. So I, I put them all three, though, in the top 20 picks. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, I've got uh, Corbin Burns next and I have three guys that are in this tier, which I call ace of the aces. OK, I like it. So. Okay, so Corbin Burns is there, Zach Wheeler is there, and Kevin Gossman is there in that particular rankings to me. So all three of those guys, I, I, I would probably, if I was drafting it, maybe at the end of the first round and Garrett Cole still hang around, I might have to jump up and did, get that. But all these guys are second round, probably going to have to go high in the second round to get either of those guys. But uh when it comes to the aces of the aces, these are the three guys that I have at the very top of that list that you could have you know, taken over at the top of your rotation and feel very, very good about it. 
It's interesting. So in my, I actually have more guys in my tier two than I do in my tier three. Um, and I agree with you with Gallon um, and Wheeler. I've got Gossman down in my tier three. Um, I'm just not big on Kevin Gossman. And uh, so I dropped him down a bit. But in my tier two, I included uh, Luis Castillo in Seattle, who had a really good year last year, and Pablo Lopez from Minnesota as well. So I've got Gallon, Castillo, Lopez, and Wheeler as my tier two. I don't think there's a ton of separation this year between, and from my opinion, from in my top three tiers. I think they're all within the top five rounds, maybe, um, to get to get one or two of these guys. Um, but I, Gallon, Gallon is Gallon. He did his thing. He was great I last had him year. A year ago. Yeah. He did his thing. He was great. Wheeler showed up. He overtook Nola. He was the guy in Philadelphia. Um, and then Lopez, Castillo, let's go. I'm talking about Castillo. Castillo was amazing last year in Seattle. And a lot of people didn't realize it because still nobody watches Seattle. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, uh, you know, you talk about Zach Wheeler. He's had four straight seasons of 30 or more starts. Hmm. So he's got to go up into this top of the of, of the eighth. Because yeah. I got Corbin Burns ahead of him, but Zach Wheeler is the guy that you know is going to give you 30 starts every year. And so there's no guessing when it comes to that, even though he is 33. A lot of these guys that we're talking about are in their 30s. Yeah. And so, uh, you, but they're not 38 or 39. There's some guys that we can talk about a little bit later that are that way. But uh, so, uh, so I got those uh, goes Burns, Wheeler, Kevin Gossman. Um, I like him. I didn't like him as much as Nick last year, who took him in the very first <laughs> round. But uh, he pitches for a team that puts up runs. Yeah. And so, uh, and he made uh, 31 starts and 185 innings, 237 strikeouts. So he's the guy that has a high strikeout uh, rate as well. So, Here's something interesting about Kevin Gossman. He is rostered everywhere in ESPN, but in Yahoo, he's only rostered 94% of leagues. Um, I'm not sure what those 6% of leagues are doing to not have Kevin Gossman rostered. You might want to rethink your strategy (laughs) if he's not even on a roster. That one one surprised me, but he's 33, uh, like you mentioned. I mean, um, they're all there, but they're good. They're all good pitchers. Wheeler's 33. Corbin Burns is 29. That's one of the things he's got going for him. And as you said, I think him going to his free agency season is a big incentive for him. As uh, he tried to get a contract from the Brewers, the Brewers were like, I don't think so. So I don't think the oh, Brewers man. will be able to offer him anything to keep him off the free agent market. Oh, no. Yeah, no, he's going to be a free agent. He's going to be a free agent, and he's going to he, – he might kick and scream his way up into that top tier. And uh, because, just because of that alone. And by the way, Pablo Lopez, who I've got in my tier two, is only 27. Um, so right. he's on the younger right. end of these pitchers, uh, right. closer to Strider's age. Right. And so I've got my third tier is what I'll call aces. And uh, in that tier, I've got Zach Gallon, as we, you've talked about him a moment ago. Castillo, you talked about. And Pablo Lopez are all three of them that I put into that tier. Aces of aces, no, it goes the top of the, the pyramid, aces of aces, and now we're on aces to me. And so 
these are three guys that you can get at the top of your rotation and not have to use quite the draft capital that you would have to do to get these other guys that we just talked about. Yeah, I want to get at least one of the guys that we've just talked about. For me, it's the top two tiers. For you, it's the top three tiers. I want I want one of those guys at the very least on my team. For me, tier three, I've got Gossman in tier three with Aaron Nola and George Kirby. And those are the only three that I have in that tier. Um, the next tier is the biggest tier I've got. But um, that tier, again, I want one of those three guys also. So I want one of those top, um, what is that, top seven guys. And then I want one of these guys also. And then I'll be pretty comfortable if I have two of these guys on my roster heading into round seven or eight, somewhere in that range. I, I, I'm totally with you on that one. And then my next tier is who I have, you know, the, the head of the rotation guys. And in that tier, I got Max Freed and then George Kirby, as you mentioned. And then I got Aaron Nola. And uh, Aaron Nola gets put in this tier just simply because he's not the top rotation guy in Philadelphia. He'll still get his starts. He had 32 a year ago, so he'll get those starts, but he's not the top of the rotation guy, even though I have him in this tier of the top of rotation. <laughs> he would be anywhere but, else. Yeah. Right. But he, uh, yeah, he goes and slots in some of these other guys we're going to talk about a little bit later. But those three guys, I think Max Fried is one dude that gets totally overlooked. And yeah. he pitches, and he's not a top of the rotation because he's got Strider ahead of him, too. But, uh, and any other team, he would be at the head of their rotation. And uh, he's 30. And uh, so, you know, he's made 30 and 28 starts. He had some injury issues a year ago, but 30 and 28 starts years before that. So I, I think he puts an injury pass behind him from last year. And um, but he was on the field. He was eight and one. So he is a guy that uh, if I if he's my number two guy, Mm -hmm. I know you're number three. Your rotation's solid. Yeah. Now I'm hoping people rank like you do because I'm going to have Aaron Nola on every team I'm every league I'm in. Um, <laughs> but you're not the only one that's doing that. So I've seen Nola pretty low on some lists, and I've been surprised by it. As a matter of fact, on Fantasy Pros, I think Nola is down. Gracious, he was down a ways, and now I can't even find him. That's how that's how far down he is. Uh, let's see. I can adjust that. Um, oh, I can't find him now. Uh, I'm overlooking him somewhere. Anyways, uh, he's at 12 in Fantasy Pros, but I've seen him down like in the 20s in yeah, rankings. He's 12 on ESPN as well. Okay. Um, my fourth tier is is full. I got lots of guys here, and uh, so I've got Glass now at the Dodgers, Scooball Detroit, okay. Freddie Peralta Milwaukee, Dylan Cease, who I think is going to get traded. Um, for the White Sox, Blake Snell, who hasn't signed anywhere yet, Framber Valdez in Houston, Logan Webb in San Francisco. And I think you could have more guys uh, than just this, but that's who I put in there. Guys that I would like to have, but I'd like to have them as my third pitcher versus as my top two pitchers, you know, and I'd actually like to get two of these tier four guys on my team and two of the other tiers on my team or three of the other tiers on my team and kind of round out my starting pitching with some of these guys. Okay, so uh, I'm of my fourth tier, if you will, is filled with guys that are at the pretty much at the top of their rotation. And uh, Framber Valdez of Houston goes in this slot. 
as does Logan Webb of the Giants. I think a guy that people forget about. Mm-hmm. And Blake Snell, I've got in this one where I'm going to reserve the right right now to either raise him up or right. or lower him depending on what situation he winds up in. Right. But uh, you know, you can't ignore the fact that he's a Cy Young winner coming off of last year. And one of the few Padres who didn't just wilt completely last year. So I think that uh, once once he signs, then that will either solidify that, or I'm sure he's not going to sign for you know somebody. Let's say the Marlins. Okay, he's not right. doing that. <laughs> so, but uh, wherever he winds up is going to dictate. He might stay in this tier. He might move up depending on what happens. Yeah, I agree completely. Um... Let's talk through these other things, and then we'll come back. I got some names I want to ask you about, but I'll wait to see if they come up in these other the other conversation that we're having here. Um, but let's start with best value. Um, some okay. maybe it's a sleeper, maybe it's just a a good pitcher that's being devalued right now. Um, okay. Who do you I've have as four the, in this value? particular category? Okay, give me what you so, got. Okay, so the guys that I have that I think are one of the guys that's really rising in my rankings is Tarek Scoble of the Detroit Tigers. I've got him. He's, he's a guy who's only 27, but, uh, he, he was sent down. He was awful. And, uh, but, uh, he came back up for Detroit and really pitched well. I think the Tigers are going to be one of the more improved teams. And we talked a little bit about that last week. So I like him. He's my number one riser to be found among starting pitchers. Interesting. So I'm going to get to him when I get to my worst value pitchers. Oh, no. Uh, so that's good. We disagree. I like it. Um, okay. I, I've only got one guy um, here. Well, I, I got two guys. The first one that I think is the best value you're going to find this year. And by the time we get to drafts, because uh, we don't draft till closer to the season, yes, this might this might change. I think it's I think his value is going to go up as we get closer. But it's Cole Reagans in Kansas City. I'm, OK, I'm. High five on that. These okay. <laughs> in 12 games after being traded to Kansas City, a 2.64 ERA, 71.2 innings pitched, 89 strikeouts to 27 walks. Um, he's young. He's talented. He's in a good situation. Whether Whatever you think about Kansas City, he is in a good situation down there. Um, yep. And I think he is going to be a stellar fantasy pitcher this year. Um, he's a guy I'm willing to reach for in this draft. Uh, and, and once I get into my drafts and things like that, because I really think he's going to be a guy that lights things up this year and he's not going to be. Now I say that, let me temper that a little bit. I'm not saying he should be a first round pitcher, but I'm saying where he's currently valued at. Um, I think he's undervalued and you can get some great value if he falls in the draft, depending on where you're pitching and things like that. His ADP um, right now is at 98. Um, so I'm probably looking at taking yeah. them in the 80s at at the latest at this point. I'm I'm big on Cole Reagan's this uh, year. Okay, so I've got him in this tier as well as you. And two other guys I have in this is one is Grayson Rodriguez of the Baltimore okay. Orioles because uh, in the first half he was awful. He had mm-hmm. a 7.35 ERA, but then in the second half. He had, uh, let's see, in 23 starts, he lowered his ERA to 4.35. And so uh, he was much better. He was 7-4. and four. So pitching for the Orioles, 
they're a team that's they're you know they're coming off a hundred win season even though they were young so they they're a team on the rise i like him and uh one of the guys that i really like even you know i'm a dodger guy got my dodger jersey on this week but a guy i put in this is bobby miller yeah and so and he's 24 years old yeah okay and with all the stuff that's going on with the Dodgers, he's been pretty much forgotten about. But uh, he made 22 starts last year, and he was 11 and four. So he's a guy that uh, I could definitely see myself targeting, and uh, any of these four guys really, because they're all younger. They all have great situations. I like yeah. these guys, and um, Cole Reagans is a guy as you mentioned. Even though it's kind of curious because they don't know, if, is he going to start or close for them? Everything so, that I've seen has him at the top of their rotation as opening day starter. Me too, until today I looked and they were like, they have him ranked as one of the top relief pitchers. I'm like, wait, wait a second. No, no, no. Well, in leagues so, that have it set up where you have specific designation for starting pitcher, reliever pitcher, um, he qualifies for reliever pitcher because he's still labeled as that. Our league, we don't do that. Our league, we just have pitchers go out and put pitchers in. Um, but if you've got leagues that allow you to put him in the relief pitcher position, you got to take him. You got you cannot miss on Cole Reagans because no, you're going to load no. up on that position no. if you do. No. Um, there's a lot of veterans this year as well, guys like Shane Bieber um, that are low ranked that are going to be really really good values. Um, Let's talk about Dylan Cease because I have him in this category too, and I know you're an anti Dylan Cease guy, but I've had him. Um, every, I think almost every year he's been in the pigs. I've had him on a fantasy team, and I love Dylan Cease. I'm really hoping he gets traded. Um, I'm really hoping he finds a new home because that'll definitely boost his value. But right now, you can get him in the in the 80s or 90s, drafting him. And I mean, last year, 32 plus starts in the last three years, like each of the last three years, at least 32 starts. 177 innings pitched last year, 214 strikeouts. Um, or more in each of the last three seasons. Like he gives you consistency, even though he's on a horrible team. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't say that I'm anti Dylan C's last year. I was, because they had him going way high in the draft. Yeah. After what he did, because I had him the year before that. And I was like, yay. He was striking <laughs> out everybody. But uh, they had him going like in the second round last year. And I was like, no. That's way too high for him. I would like him, and, and he went out and, and pretty much proved me right off of his season. I think his, if he had been traded, as I predicted that he would, and he was not, would have helped him out tremendously. And uh, But if he had been traded, he wouldn't be a value anymore. I am, but he's still on the, on the White Sox. So, yeah, he might be a, pleading, a value. I am pleading that the Brewers trade for him. They've come up in conversations about him before. They've got young outfielders that they can trade and not, I mean, they've got plenty of them. So go, uh, start pouring off some of these guys like Garrett Mitchell and a Joey Weimer and some prospect, throw them in there and go get Dylan Cease. Um, that would put Milwaukee over the top, in my opinion, if they added Dylan Cease to what they've already got in the, in the, in the rotation. So I'm begging them to do this. Will they, my luck is usually not that good. So they probably won't, yeah. but um, all right, let's get the worst value uh, or okay. bust, however you want to point it okay, out. Okay, so um, worst value also have a caution okay. tier, okay, which I'll call the L.A. Dodgers tier. Okay. Okay, 
Because in there, because Tyler Glasgow, we talked yeah. about him a year ago. I think he's going way too high. 120 innings, if that's your over-under, mm-hmm. you're going to have to get at him in a second or third round at the latest. I don't want him there at all. <clears throat> thing is that Yamamoto and then Walker Bueller, he might be a value. Yeah. But he's a cautionary. Yeah, man. Kevin's all choked up talking about the Dodgers and this cautionary tale. Um, yeah, Bueller's an interesting one. Bueller's an interesting one for sure. If he's healthy and he comes back and looks anywhere close to a used to, then yeah, he's going to end up being a great value. Um, Glass now is a great, great one to put in this this section because again, it doesn't give you a lot of a lot of innings throughout the year. And if he misses the second half of the season, then it doesn't do you any good to have him on your roster at all because. Right. And he doesn't get you to the playoffs and he doesn't help you once you get to the playoffs. <laughs> so that's right. a great so, one there for sure. Yeah. So that might, you know, cause I've gotten to the playoffs and of course went down the drain and um, he's one of those guys that might get you, you know, have a great first half. Yeah. You might go right to the playoffs from there, but he won't be there when you need him. I agree with you hundred percent on him. So cautionary tale all the way around on all three of these guys. I like it. Um, all right, so let's talk about Tyreek Skubal, uh from Detroit. Okay. He is – I've seen him as high as the sixth starting pitcher off the board. Um, I'm not I've also, that crazy. No, no, no. I hope not. Um, but he's, his ADP is at 47, um, and that's still too high for me with Scoble. T- tell me again why you, you had him higher than uh, – oh, actually, I think we had him around the same area as far as tiers go. But what do you right, like about him, or what, what do you see his comment? Because um, you know, when he came up, let's see there, he was seven and three, had 102 strikeouts and only 80 innings pitched, and yeah. um, and this is what really got my attention: 102 strikeouts. You know how many walks he had? 14. And that is extraordinarily rare in today's baseball world, where they're striking out 180 guys and walking 110. Yeah, fourteen walks he had in just eighty in eighty in the third er, innings. His ERA two point eight zero. His WHIP is oh nine oh. So all of those speak to me of a guy who's rising up in the ranks. And uh, hopefully I'm not spilling the beans because if he's going in the sixth round, then that's a little <laughs> high for me even. But uh, I think he's going to have himself a great season this year. So. Here's my deal. Last year, only the 80 innings. Uh, the year before that, 117 innings. The year before that, 149 innings. He's gone down every year, and that scares me, especially for a young guy. Um, to me, I think there's value with him, but I think he's going to be overdrafted. I think people are going to take him higher than he should be. I think he's going to underachieve compared to where he gets drafted. Um, I mean, his, his ADP is 47. So in our in our league, that's you know fourth fifth round. Right. I just cannot. I can't no, do that. I'm not gonna. No, he's too much of a riser at that level. Yeah. To me. Yeah. I, to me, I I'm gonna be happy when he gets drafted, because that's gonna be a guy that I wouldn't draft at that spot, which means someone else has fallen to me, and I think he's just gonna underachieve to where he gets drafted. I don't think he's a bad player. I think he could have a good a decent year at the very least, but he's gonna have to get. I don't know. What does he have to get to? 150 innings? Like to be drafted where he's getting drafted at right now, he's going to have to do a whole lot more than 80. And I think more than 117 from the year before that. Like, 
to me, he's going to underachieve where he gets drafted. And so he would be my biggest cautionary tale that I think is just going to be a bad value because I think guys are going to want to take him early. So if you're a, a Detroit fan, um, which listen, Michigan won the national championship. The Lions are going to the NFC title. Maybe this is the year to go all in on Detroit. I, I don't know. But uh, Scuba, I'm, I'm just staying away from it because I think he's going to get drafted way higher than I'm willing to take him. Well, when I was coming up with this list, I was thinking him of going somewhere, you know, later than the tenth round. Oh wow! And, or a tenth round or so. And uh, where does um, where does ESPN have him ranked at? He's number ten well, in fantasy pros right here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got him at ten in fantasy pros. They've got him ranked twenty third on ESPN. Wow. So that's why. It kind of fueled me a little bit because 23rd pushes them down the ranking, you know, a little bit. And so, uh, man, the people this are paying is why... attention to the ESPN rankings. Maybe yeah. he can be a draft value. Yeah. Because I think he's going to be better than the 23rd ranked starting pitcher. This is a good reminder to listeners, especially if you're newer to fantasy baseball, don't look at one ranking. You need to That's go right. around and look at everybody, right. see where they're at. Um, you know, uh, or else you're going to miss out on some guys, or you're going to take some guys too early, or whatever it may be. Um, you know, find a consensus amongst everybody, and you kind of gives you an idea of where you should be drafting them. Um, because, uh, right. yeah, if you're That's going right. off of fantasy pros I, I and you take them as the 10th pitcher, it's the, the other people are going off of ESPN, they got them as the 23rd pitcher. Um, that's a big gap because you're not pitching straight pitchers or you're not drafting straight pitchers. So that's a massive gap between when he's getting drafted. Right. And that's what I wrote about in my first article because uh, when I sat there and looked at ESPN, they've had Julio Rodriguez ranked really low as an outfielder. I have him ranked in my top 10 overall players to draft in fantasy baseball. And I was just like, this is insanity. So. <laughs> And uh, if all you were doing was looking at ESPN rankings, thinking, well, I could take a little bit to get Julio Rodriguez. Well, guess what? You cannot do that because he'll be right. gone in the first round. Yes, he will. He'll be gone in the top mm, three five. picks, top four picks, yeah. five picks. It's yeah, certainly possible. It's certainly yeah. possible. Um, you brought up the Dodgers earlier. Yamamoto right now has ADPs at 135, which I'm incredibly excited about because I would be willing to look at him later in the draft. I'm not going to reach on Yamamoto. I need to see what he's got. I'm not. I'm not taking a risk on him. Um, you're a Dodgers fan, and you're not a biased fantasy player. You don't. You don't no. play fantasy that way. No, that's um, how you lose. Yeah, or you know how you get to the championship every year. But um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> hey, Christian Yelich got me there. Um, but talk to me about Yamamoto a little bit, kind of where where his value is, and when you think it's a safe time to start start reaching for him. Well, I think somebody is going to reach for him, as we talked a little bit last week. And uh, he's going to go in the top, maybe at least in the top five rounds, mm. maybe even earlier than that, because he pitches for the Dodgers, if no for no other reason. And he's going to be right there at the top of their rotation. And, uh, and he may well turn out to be that guy. But that's too early to me to put down that kind of draft capital when some of these right. other guys that we just talked about in our rankings and our rate or our tiers will be sitting there. And I'd much rather have one of those guys who, you know, for sure what you're going to get 
if he's fighting, what is it, 100, whatever it was you just said, and uh, he's got some value at that spot. But I see him coming off the board way earlier than that. And so, yeah. so I'm 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 really really cautious when it comes to him, just because I think people are overblowing him. Yeah, I again I'd be shocked if he ends up on any of my fantasy teams. I think guys are going to be reaching for him just out of curiosity, um, which I think is fine. I just it's just not the way that I play fantasy. Um, I like safer pitchers. I don't like to take risks on pitchers. Um, I'll take risks on guys who've had down years hitting, but but not pitchers. I, I want safety there. And Yamamoto for me is not safe. Um, and if he's there at 135, then yeah, I might take him. But he's not going to be there at 135. No. He's no. he's going to be gone much earlier than that. And it's just not going to end up on my team. Uh, what about the Miami guys? You got Yuri Perez, you got Jesus Lazardo. Um, you know, there's some value in those guys, and there has been Jesus Lazardo is a guy that he kind of bounced around the waiver wire in some of the leagues I was in last year and actually came in handy um, for me in, 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 in places. Um, but I don't love that Miami team, uh, but no, I do like but, like what they can give you value-wise with pitchers. And he's a guy that I have read that the, the Marlins are in active trade talks yeah. with him or for him. And so he might wind up on a team that's much better than they are but, uh, you know, that's speculation. Uh, Yuri Perez was a guy who got sent down to the minors because they didn't want him to get the innings. It wasn't any kind of production related at all. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, he's a young guy, and he might be one of those maybe as a sophomore, you know, jinx kind of thing. But um, I would – I like him. I like yeah. him a lot. And so uh, if he's a guy who's there later on, in the draft i could see very because i had him a year ago and i had to drop him when he went down to the minors because we don't have any na spots i've never been on a league that had any of that yeah so uh but uh, i like i like his potential a lot uh, i want to get out of here because we're up on the hour mark but uh okay. i want to hit quickly on cincinnati hunter green nick ladolo <laughs> okay. graham ashcraft um people are i mean now i live in an area where people are reds fans um, so, I mean, they're saying best team in the, in the division. I mean, this is the year they're hyping Alexis Diaz, the closer. Um, now listen, I'll say this. I like Hunter green. Um, I'm going to try to get Hunter green on some of my fantasy teams this year. I like what he can provide fantasy wise to a team. They also went out and got Frankie Montas. It's their best rotation they probably had in a while. Um, that being said, um, I don't know. How do you feel the fantasy value is for guys like Hunter Green, Lodolo, um, even Alexis Diaz, the closer? Well, those guys, to me, have to take a step back simply because of where they pitch. Yeah. And so, you know, Great American Ballpark is a guy a place where you, you put six runs on them. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I like those um, individually. I, I like some of those guys a lot. But uh, but where they pitch it's it's not a good fit it's not a good yeah. fit at all so i would i probably most likely not be drafting any of them uh i i'm gonna try to get hunter green in several leagues um, I, I like what he can give me this year i will not draft a rockies pitcher for the same reason you just brought up um right. 
Uh, I don't really want a whole lot of Rockies on my team. Anyhow, we'll talk about them at right. first base, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, we're going to stick away from from Rockies players overall. Okay, so I know we want to finish, but I'm the, the, the downward guys, I'll just mention yeah. real quick, Justin Verlander, Hugh Darvish, and Max Scherzer. Okay. My three guys that you have to downgrade simply because they're four, almost four. Some of them are 40. Oh, yeah. I mean, Gates yeah. of Max Scherzer, he won't pitch until – in the second half, if then. Yeah. So, and you Darvish, he's been on the downward swing for a while now. And um, he didn't even have a winning record last Oof. year. Which well, that was is, a, you know, that whole season. Tough was to overcome that. <laughs> and so, um, and his ERA was 4.56. That's ugly. His whip yeah. was 1.30. That's ugly. Yeah. So I'm not going anywhere near any <laughs> one of those three guys. Yeah, you Darvish is a guy I will take, but it has to be really late. Um, I actually look for him on waiver wire pickups um, to sometimes get him on the right matchup. Um, but, uh, yeah, last year was rough in San Diego all the way around uh, for just about everybody. All right, uh, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, a couple things. Uh, RighteousFelon.com, use code STOW15. SeatGeek.com, use the code BellyUpSports. BellyUpFantasySports.com where you find Kevin's articles. What do, what has come out, or what do you have coming out on BellyUpFantasySports.com? Well, last week, because last week we talked about prospects, yep. and uh, I did write an article about that, which I uh, said that Jackson Holiday is fantasy baseball's top prospect. Yeah. We talked about that last week. I think that's true. I think that, and, and I put down some reasons why that is. And uh, a lot of people, I put it on Reddit, and... Uh, it was going pretty crazy over there. So um, that's one article I have. And uh, since we talked about starting pitchers, I'm sure I'll have something that comes out. Not sure how I'm going to, if I'm going to talk about top starters, maybe I'll talk about some of these guys like Cole Reagan's, but we, I'll decide that tomorrow. But there will be a starting article, pitcher article coming out this week on the uh, Belly Up Fantasy website that you can look forward to. Awesome. Uh, I've got stuff coming Wednesday night. Me and dad will be talking uh, 8 o'clock uh, p.m. on the Sports Stove YouTube page and the Belly Up YouTube page as well. Um, and uh, we're talking NFL playoffs and uh, all the, the up to late, the latest news. We actually got Lou Gamlin coming on the show to talk about Detroit. He's from Detroit and uh, he's going to come talk to the Lions and the success there. Yeah, he should be just over the moon Yeah, right about now. So, yeah. Yeah, might as well talk to him, I guess. Lions fans have had a long history. But he went to the uh, game last week. I don't know if he was yeah. going today or not. I don't think so. so. I didn't see any pictures of him there this week, but he did go He did go last week. So we'll talk to him about that, the experience, all that good stuff. Um, tomorrow night, I also have a local hour show talking about EKU sports. Still lining up the guests, but it looks like uh, someone from the ladies' basketball team, someone from the men's basketball team, uh, and the catcher from the baseball team coming on as well. Last week, we talked to the closer. If you're interested in the mindset of a closer, go back and listen to that episode. It's a really good uh, conversation there as well. All right, next Sunday, we'll be right back here. And like I said, plan on having our first guest of the season on next week as well. He's Kevin Wilson. You can find him on Twitter at Kevin62WILSEA. And I've been Stover. You can find me on Twitter at Sports Stove. Hey, thanks for tuning in today to the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. Until next time. We'll see you around a sports stove. Everybody have a